Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. Welcome to the Successful Mind Podcast. Today, my guest is Trish Brooke. Trisha Brooke, how are you doing? I'm so good. Great to be here, David. I'm so happy to have you. Um, so do you have had to make some major changes during this very interesting time, the, the COVID crisis that we're, that we're experiencing, like a, like a lot of other people, but you're also helping people understand how they have to make those changes and why also. What, tell us what's, what's happened for you and your business. Well, let me start by thanking you first. You've sent over 4,000 masks to New York City. I am in New York City, so I want to first say thank you for that. I know that our frontline workers are appreciative of it, as am I. Oh, you're welcome. I live and work in New York City in uh, the world of showbiz and public speaking. And on March 24th, my event, Speakers Who Dare, was supposed to happen at a small theater on 72nd Street. My speakers had worked for months and months and months to get ready. I produced a very um, theatrical speaking event. And come March 10th, Broadway closed down. So I had to start thinking quickly, pretty, pretty quickly, as rapidly as actually New York was closing things. So we went from no events with 500, no events with 50, no events with 10. And I thought, okay, when we're at the 500 mark, the theater's 120 people. I'll play it safe. I'll remove the, the, uh, the audience. We'll give everybody a refund and we'll do a live stream. So my, my speakers can come to the theater. I have a small tech crew. And then things kept changing in New York. So then I thought, okay, um, I will have just a few speakers come in and the people who are in Europe will send videos. And then all of a sudden it was like, nobody's coming into New York. Nobody's going out of New York. And it became really important in that moment for me to check my ego. Do I cancel, postpone, or find a way that the show must go on and why? And I'll never forget this. It was a Sunday afternoon. Things were going down. We weren't wearing masks yet, but we were definitely socially distancing. I was walking outside by myself thinking, I need to just check my ego and make a decision that is based on what's the best thing for these speakers and for the community. What do we need right now? Oh my God, we need these speakers. We need them to share their messages and their story. We need hope. We need inspiration. So I came back into my apartment and I thought, I'm going to direct each of these speakers specifically to what idea it is that they're sharing, ask them to film it. Send me the footage. I'll edit together a, together a feature film, and we will live stream a feature film of this event. And what ended up happening was magic. They all pushed beyond what they thought was possible in terms of performance, in terms of production value, and we reached 18 countries. Wow. Had I not been put in that position of trying to innovate and create with a challenge, we would have reached 130 people in a small theater. Now, that's really fascinating. <clears throat> you know what's fascinating about this? Because I've heard, I, so I'm listening to so many stories, business people. What's really fascinating, which I got to say, in the, when this first started to happen, this was not where my thinking was. 
people are expanding beyond what they ever thought that they would during this time. Um, their businesses are expanding. They're making more money. Uh, and it's like a quantum leap expand expansion versus the track that they were on had this marginal, <clears throat> excuse me, marginal progress. And all of a sudden it's like, whoo, this, this, this giant thing. We were really like, when you talked about the masks for, for New York city, we had set a goal for 3000 and we were like, I don't know if we're even going to get to 3000. <laughs> like it's a, it's a stretch because the truth was it was an add on to something that we were doing that was kind of a last minute decision. And when it went over 4,000, we were like, what the hell? Like, that is absolutely crazy. Because that was, you know, an, 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 a lot of other people that came in that we did not expect to actually come into that event. So, so I don't want to derail you, but I'm, I just keep hearing these stories after stories about much bigger expansion than most people think. So, so, so what's happening now? Well, it's game on for me. I support speakers. I support people who have yeah. important messages and stories to tell. And that means stepping up for my community because here's the thing that's really, really important for everyone to know. Everything you do right now is going to show up for you later. So if you don't think that what you're doing and how you're showing up right now is going to have a massive effect you are, you are irresponsible. So my job is to make sure that these speakers are so conscious in terms of what they're experiencing right now personally so that when it's time to share their story, their point of view is clear. This is the first time ever in the entire history of the world that we've all had the same experience simultaneously. What makes this unique is how we tell our story. And I, I used to always say, David, if we both told the same story that the world was round, that's not new information, but it would be different coming from you or me. Now, if we're all telling the COVID-19 story, yeah, that's the same experience, but through your eyes and through your point of view is what is going to make it uniquely powerful. So for me, it's all about supporting my speakers even more right now bringing them into community, reminding them to be grateful for everything that's happening right now because it will inform them as communicators down the road. How do, how, so how are your speakers doing? The people that you, the people that you teach, that you encourage, that you're training, how are they doing with all this? They're doing amazingly because they know that sharing their story is more important now than ever. Now, that doesn't mean that they're not disappointed all of their events have been canceled and that the right. TEDx has been moved or that the conferences they were making half their money on no longer exists. But they trust that these events are going to come back and... Just by sharing the story about moving from a theater on the Upper West Side to 18 countries, just by sharing that story, they're reminded that we get to make up our own rules now as speakers. We get to create anything that hasn't been thought of. And I'm not talking about a speaker summit. That's the noise online right now. There's a gazillion um, virtual cocktail hours. There's a gazillion speaker summits happening. And that is noise. I'm talking about listening, waiting, thinking about how you want to show up and creating a new version of that. And that's what I'm thinking about. I do a speaker salon in New York City every year and it requires an in-person component. They perform 
for influencers, television producers, TEDx event organizers at the end. That may not be an option for another two years. So what do I need to do to create something that provides that same value for the speakers, service for those influencers, so that we can still keep our story moving forward? Okay, let me break this down here because then I got a bunch of questions. First of all, do you really think it'll take two years before we get to speak live again? What, like, what do you really think? What, I what think, is your opinion? I think small venues is a possibility, but I think definitely for a year, definitely for a year. Broadway's closed until September. Large, okay. massive, large speaking events. I don't think people are going to feel comfortable unless there's a vaccine. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering too. Like, so even, even September seems very optimistic to me because there is such this divide in the, well, at least in the middle of our country, you've got the people that are saying, absolutely not, I'm not going anywhere. And then you have all the people that want to get back to the way things going, but yeah. the numbers that like the virus numbers aren't coming down really, you know, it's, it's like, there's no handle on this yet. Right. And I have a friend who is an ER nurse at Bellevue. So I have direct access to what's going on behind the scenes. And I'm in contact with him a lot. And he says, absolutely, masks are going to be part of the new culture for a while. And if people gather, we're going to have an outbreak period. 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 Damn. (laughs) I know. I know. You know, I mean... If you're thinking person at all, you have to look at it for what it really is. And because there's nothing that is stopping the virus currently, um, and there's no way not to get it, I mean, unless unless we stay home or we stay away from other people, you know, obviously that's inevitable. People are going to go back together in groups. And people are going to get sick and there's some people that are going to die. It's, it's, it's absolutely going to happen uh, yeah. because of that. Um, the, you mentioned like, you know, everybody's having these cocktail hours and speaker summits and, and all that. It seems like everybody really quick got on the bandwagon about how do I put a fence around my group of people? Um, in a, in a way, well, in, in, a, in a lot of it, I think, and I think there's a rationale to this that does make some sense. I need to put a fence around, I need to cont- put a containment around my peeps until I can figure out how I can move my business forward, right? So people aren't scattering going, you know, in every direction. Because in a situation like this, you could find yourself having to completely rebuild from scratch overnight, almost like your business didn't even exist a few months ago. So it's, it's a fascinating I- idea. But what I well, the other thing that I hear you saying that's amazing is as soon as as soon as this starts to morph, like we're getting in this phase where it, where it's going to start to morph into the acceptance of the way we're doing business. Now the creativity is going to start coming out for individuals as to how to actually move things forward. So it's not just the containment around everybody in order to continue your business, but how do we creatively move forward during this? And that's what you're saying that you're your speakers are actually thinking of and doing and, and you're preparing for. Right. What do you, any idea what that looks like? Can you let us in on that yet? Or is that, you're not talking about that right now? Well, I'm constantly thinking about how to marry and blend showbiz, film, television, television, theater, public speaking, uh, education, theatrical academia. So I'm at this point just allowing all of that 
history, all of that, um, all those years of experience to kind of just sit because I know that I, it will reveal itself to me and how I produce a show to support these speakers will, will be nothing I could have ever thought of before this. Yeah. <clears throat> and I also I have, know, I also know that, that companies are really, really trying to push the envelope on technology right now as yeah. to what the, beyond the limits of what like Zoom can currently do. My um, uh, good friend of mine, Chris Gerhardt, who runs Crescent Events, uh, he did my events for years. He, he like really pivoted uh, and has become a major player because he created a stage where they literally have all these monitors in front of the stage and they're able to run like each monitor will do like 500 zoom conferences each, you know, and they, and instead of doing live events, producing live events, he's done this and he's got like Tony Robbins is looking at it. I'm going in to look at it on Friday. It's really magnificent what, what his whole team has done. So it's giving people another way to be able to do what they did in a room but have, but almost uh, trans translate that that intimacy that you get in a room full of people, but to actually do it, you know, online. That's amazing. That's so exciting. I love hearing that. Yeah, yeah. It's it it's really it's really kind of fascinating. Tell me why you got involved in this industry to begin with. Like, what was your what was what was your what's your story? I moved to New York City three decades ago to pursue a career in dance. From where? I had, where from? from Missouri. From Missouri, okay. From Missouri. And uh, was not interested in being a starving artist ever. So I started my first company. It was a fitness company and realized that I could make my own hours, make my own income. And when I started traveling and touring with companies, I could hire consultants to work with my clients while okay. I was away. So I've been an entrepreneur my entire life, had a great career, moved from dance to choreography, to directing, to producing, to writing. And I'll use your language, completely unconsciously competent, disciplined, talented, hard work, grit, had all of it, was very successful. And three years ago, a friend of mine, Petra Kolber said, I'm doing a TEDx, would you direct me? And I thought, yeah, it'll be just like a one-woman show. So I worked with her on her TEDx, direction, choreography, blocking, script analysis. Didn't think twice about it. And she planted a seed, you should do this. And then all of a sudden, I started paying attention to what was possible that I didn't see before. And that my potential became more unlimited started working with speakers, all of a sudden had a massive group of speakers, no place to put them. Well, I'm a theater producer. What's the best show for speakers? TEDx. So I became the executive producer of TEDx Lincoln Square, produced that show for two years, wanted more creative control, moved on to my own show. And during that process of awakening consciousness, I got a download from a question that I didn't ask. I got, a, I got an answer from a question that I didn't ask, which was, you have to move. Now, in New York City, you don't move if you have a good apartment right. and they're not going to raise your rent. That's just not what you do. <laughs> okay. My husband and I had lived there for 10 years. We didn't talk about moving. There was no thought of moving. There was no reason to move. And I thought to myself, I have to move. I hope Joe comes with me. <laughs> and I had this conversation and he turned white as a ghost. What are you talking about? And I said, I don't know but we have to move. And 
within two months, we moved from a small one-bedroom dark apartment to a two-bedroom, two-bathroom, fully lit, beautiful wraparound window space because I knew there was more. And all of a sudden, my universe opened up and I understood limitless potential. I began studying. I began digging into, I am no longer unconscious. I am consciously competent. And that is when I realized, I, this is why I'm making the world a better place. And I'm no longer going to stop saying that. I'm going to embrace. I'm making the world a better place by putting speakers onto big stages. Because that kind of ripple effect is how we how we serve humanity. So moving from Missouri to having a successful career in showbiz and then all of a sudden becoming conscious three years ago. And here I am. How did you, so it's not that often that I talk to somebody where they tell me a story that I can very much relate to um, where everybody on the outside is looking at you like you're fucking crazy, right? So I got this download that I need to move. I'm in this apartment for 10 years, right? I got to tell my husband we got to move. How did you know to follow that? Oh, it was scary. I, I, I knew that it was so scary. I had to follow it. And I just thought, I'm being told something that is bigger than me, and I better listen. Have you ever had that experience before with anything? Yes. When I was nine, I knew I would dance with Barishnikov. Seriously. But I didn't know how, and I thought it was just like my imagination. And when I danced with Barishnikov, I was like, well... <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, really cool. So again, I was manifesting unconsciously way back when. But now getting that download and being, okay, there's something bigger than me at play here. I better listen because my life is about to either shrink or expand exponentially. Yeah. And even the day we were moving, my husband is in the in the kitchen with boxes everywhere. And he's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, I don't know how I'm sure, but I'm really sure. And then once you moved, what began to open up after that? I moved and then I decided I was going to take myself away to an island for a week to plan my year. Okay. Where'd you go? I went to Nassau. I stayed at the Four Seasons. And I began planning out what the year looked like in terms of goals, who I was serving, financial, all of it. And then I started working with people who knew more than me. So that was the key. I began studying and I hired people who knew more than me to teach me what I didn't know. Because I was very consciously aware that I didn't know everything and I wanted to. Okay. And that is when everything sped up so rapidly. And that is when my husband started asking me, what are you, what water are you drinking? What are you doing with your life? And that's when he started paying attention. And everything that we do together now and everything that I'm doing is at a higher vibration, a completely different frequency. Wow. That's fantastic. It's really interesting because I know, you know, that there's something about if you don't listen to that voice, if you don't listen to that direction, you're not going to get what comes next. And I've actually never seen anybody um, 
that's actually not listened to that voice go any further. I've had people, like I've had clients over the years where they'll tell me they got this download, they really think they should do this, and their spouse was against it or whatever reason in their life, they just said no to it. And they're exactly where they were when they told me about it. But everybody that I've ever known that has listened to it, this whole expansive universe has opened up for them almost miraculously in a way, not that they didn't take action and, and follow it. They did. They did things like you, like you had to hire people, you had to learn, you had to study, you had to map things out. You had to really get into your yes and what that meant. But these doors that you don't even know are there begin to open and these directions of which way to go, what to do, who to work with, all of that begins to become very obvious for a person when they listen to that. So that is a very cool story. That is really awesome. Thank you. What's next? I'm working on what my next virtual event, how I can entertain and educate from behind a screen, if that's where we're going to be for a while. Um, I am really excited about imagining what's possible because that is how it becomes a reality. So I spend every day imagining what's possible. Along this journey, what's been the, what would you say the most difficult thing that you struggled with this? What's been the hardest? I think the hardest thing that I struggled with up until this point was when the Broadway show I was supposed to direct went away. <laughs> and I've had a lot of rejection. No is, no is, makes me who I am. Uh, yeah. No means not yet in my world. And it's big, like, no is huge in your industry. It's always no, 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 no. And then what you, you keep going through it, through it, through it till you get a yes. Like it's a bit, you have to, you have to really get a thick skin to do yeah. what you do. For sure. For sure. So that was one of the biggest challenges was losing that. But again, that, that loss was an opportunity for something else that I didn't know existed, which was literally having a massive impact on humanity by supporting speakers who are sharing important messages. And I think my biggest challenge is uh, giving myself enough downtime because I'm so excited with the work that I do yeah. and I want to always be serving my community. So really the biggest challenge is patience for what's next and being mindful to, in terms of who I choose, who's going to help me next, because I am really, really excited about not knowing everything and being in a room with people who know more than me. So it's about who to choose. That's one of my biggest challenges right now. Okay. So when people hear this, when they listen to this, um, and w- w- like whether they're speaking or, or, they're, or they're not speaking, they're trying to relate themselves to what you're saying and what you've broken through especially during this, this time where we're all having to, like you said, go through something together. It is, it's, it's a very interesting thing because like this is going to be written down in history forever. It's going to be like one of the biggest events in all of history. And we get the, we get the blessing to go through it actually. So it's pretty, there is something pretty cool about that. What would you, what would be your recommendation? What advice could you give someone um, as to, as to how they should be thinking, the kind of decisions that they should make looking for opportunity. What are your thoughts on that for, for other individuals? I think first and foremost, consistency is paramount right now. Going to bed at the same time, getting up at the same time, keeping on a routine, hydrating, exercise, mindset. It is so important that all of those ducks are in a row right now. 
so that you can keep your story moving. If you're flailing around with being tired and or drinking too much or overeating or being stuck, you are missing an opportunity big time. So when the opportunities show up for you, because they do, they will, and they actually are, they are happening right in the moment. You can't see them because you are not at your best. You're inconsistent. You don't know what's happening. The uncertainty is a fact, period. But if we can stay in control of our, in, of our environment and our consistency and our schedule, then we will keep our story moving. We won't get left behind. Yeah. The, the, the people that are, that are really, really struggling one of the things that I'm finding is that they're, they're consuming way too much media. They're listening to other people that talk about how the world's going to hell. Yeah. And they're not, they're not consciously putting themselves in any kind of an environment to hear any kind of positive message, any kind of inspiration, any kind of solid advice as to how to overcome challenges that they're actually experiencing is that something that you're proactive outside of your daily routine that you're that you're using which i completely agree with are you putting yourself in environments to to help move your head forward thinking because i mean obviously this is the environment right it's this it's this box in front of us every day that we're using to communicate with the world but is that what you're doing absolutely i'm i'm in your community Right. Being in your environment is, is a daily ritual and it's a practice. And I think that's the way, if we look at it in terms of it being a daily practice, it being a conscious choice to spend time with people who want to uh, find the positive, not ignore the negative, but find the positive, be aware of the negative, be aware of the people that are dying and have empathy, but really always practice gratitude, find that community, innovate, create and keep your story moving. But it is a conscious choice. We have to be conscious more than ever right now. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, if, 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 if my peeps want to know how to acquire your services, where do they go? What, what can they look forward to? Um, and what's available right now? You can find me at trishabrook.com. I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. And if you're interested in being in the Big Talk Academy in the fall when I launch, you can go to the Big Talk Academy and get on the wait list and uh, have early access. That's awesome. I want to really thank you for being on here. And I love your background, by the way. Thank that's you. That's, that's really kind of cool. Thank you. you know, congratulations to you for following your heart and listening to that voice. That just kind of lights me up to hear somebody say that they that they did that. And I could actually kind of see, I never even see your husband, but I can see the look on his face when you tell somebody that. I think that's always kind of hysterical. Um, you know, I just wish you the best. And I think what you're doing is is so fantastic because you're giving people not only the the inspiration, but the tools to be able to go out there and and keep pushing that dream forward in a way that they help other people. So that's, that's awesome. Sure. Thank you, David. You're welcome. Thanks for being on. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.